Rocking chair, chair sessions. sessions. With Elisa Di Batista, Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 71, with artist Regina Jestro. Welcome, Regina. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for hopping over. And welcome back to your old studio oh, here yeah. at the Bakehouse. Oh, yeah. That is so funny. I had no idea. I knew you were at the Fonhead and at the Art Center of mm -hmm. South Florida, but I just found out today that this is also your your home once. Yeah, I kind of started here. Oh. I found out today as yeah. well. I was reading up on you, and you were, yeah, you started here, right, yep. when you got out of school? After, uh, or was that? There was not real school. Mm -hmm. I, um, I moved here when I was about 20. And then was uh, just kind of making a living and then decided I could kind of afford to get a studio. And I got a studio here. And that was it. That was kind of the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> you but were that was stuck. Like, that was like, how long ago? Ten years ago? Yeah, ten years ago. How was the Bakehouse in 2008? It was great. Yeah? I mean, yeah, I mean, the curator was Lauren Wagner at the time. She got married. Her last name changed. Mm -hmm. um, there was great art. Babette was here. Um, there was great artists on the hallway. Uh, Bianca was right next door. Um, who else was here? Steve Brzezinski was on the corner. Um, Olivier Koss was here. Yeah. I think he just left. He right? just left, I think. Um, yeah. You know, Garby was here, of course. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Full of talented, fun people. And we had, you know, hallway. the hallways were full of art, which I don't know if you guys do anymore but the hallways were full the galleries were great they let us do you know lots of little fun shows in the the small gallery here so mm, it was fun, fun. Yeah. yeah it's one of the big changes i think the hallways that's um yeah very i don't know if it's now. a good thing or a bad thing i mean mm -hmm. it was such a it's just different dramatic yeah. before it had it done so i mean it's just different it's probably fine yeah it is. yeah and did you switch around like did you studio hop while you were here i was in the hallway um i don't know in the middle for a little while and then I moved here and then I think I think it was my I think that was my only move just the one time yeah in the art center I moved like three times oh really because I was in like the back corner and then I just moved like further down the hallway in, in 924 which I should have stayed at 924 because it was like a quieter building yeah and then I moved to 810 and there was like just constantly people coming all in all the time you. while you're trying to just, work I remember that yeah. uh, seeing that when I was visiting there was like this one building that was that is that was sold now that the was a busy building, building, right? right? Eight, that was kind of like a time. shopping yeah. mall almost like bringing people through and like a lot of yeah. mm -hmm, a lot of exposure it was a lot of exposure um but it was tourist exposure it wasn't really the exposure that you'd want you yeah know, it wasn't focused exposure yeah you know, so mm -hmm. it was fine I mean mm -hmm. I didn't get anything done mm -hmm. I got a lot more done when I was in 924 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the quiet building yeah you're just there in your work and your door is open but I mean People that come in actually come in for the art, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's a folk more it's a smaller crowd but it's a more focused crowd in that building. So. Definitely. It's funny how a studio changes a lot the way you work or influences oh, yeah. a lot the work, right? It's like for me, um I was upstairs when I first got in, I was just like in my studio working, working, it was very quiet. I was by myself upstairs. It was like, yeah. you know, that zone. There was no one there during the day until Kyoko, a Japanese artist, came in. 
but it's like uh, downstairs. It's definitely more social. You know, you have more. You know, more people come ceilings, through. It's hard the open not ceiling. To be yeah. yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah. Yell over. Hey, neighbor. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you playing or whatever? It's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. funny. Oh, my goodness. Anyhow, I wanted to ask, because um, when we first met, you were printing. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, predominantly either printing, like, linos or printing on fabric. Compared to what you do now, it's like, whoa, it's, like, so... I mean, they're so related, I feel, the fact that you use fibers and materials. But just, yeah. like, the... The, the techniques and the, the process. Could you talk a little bit about how you started like playing with different materials and piecing things together? Um, I think the sewing was always kind of part of my life and it was just um, printmaking kind of made the sewing and the fabric kind of part of the art in a way. It kind of bridged the two together. Um, the professor at the time, Astrid, kind of got me into that class and I learned so much about the materials and how they worked and all the techniques and it was fabulous and you could apply all of those make everything you learned in printmaking to fabric and to textiles so it was a lot of fun you know experimenting with different materials and colors and then cutting it all up and sewing it back together and <laughs> it was a lot of fun and then now I don't print as much as I used to just because of space and access I think mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of access here and there's a great print shop on the beach but I'm not going to drive to the beach Every day, I already have to drive to work every day. So, the yeah. one at Dorsch, have you have you used that one? I would talk Virgin to Press, no, right? No, I haven't yeah. been there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been there. I I buy, I buy prints from him. Mm -hmm. I haven't worked there at all, mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. Do you need a specific press for your? Um, no, I think I just you just need. It depends on what I'm doing, right? Because I've done screen printing, which is a lot of fun. You just need space and a hose mm -hmm. and deep sinks and mm -hmm. I think part of my thing right now is that my my studio in my house is like half under construction because there was the master bedroom of the house with the master ensuite <laughs> with a jacuzzi we yanked out the jacuzzi and we have to do the tile and we're redoing that room but all the construction workers are kind of going through my studio so I feel a little Invaded. Unsettled. Not invaded. Not, I know they're coming through, so it's not a big deal. It's just like I don't feel like I could. I'm not settled yet in there because we've only lived there for like two years, I think, or a year and a half. That's pretty fresh. Yeah. In the year and a half, it was Irma, so everything kind of got yeah. Yeah. It's like Loud. starting. Totally. Yeah. It's so funny. So, yeah, we're in the middle of, of finishing that room, and then once that's kind of done, I could maybe put a big sink in there. Ooh, nice. If I get a big sink, then I could do more screen printing yeah. and making more of a mess. Yeah. That would be so much fun. I just think your studio, I think it was like the dream. There's such few studios, I think even here at the Big House and have that, or even at the Art Center, like, oh, your studio has a sink. It's like, oh, jackpot. Like, <laughs> like, and we still don't have like a room for screen printing here. They no. are just trying to put that together. To it's actually not meant to be a screen printing room anymore because they fixed it up so nicely to be like a, a printmaking room with like, oh, for... I can talk so it's edging. Uh, it's kind of like more like a clean <laughs> so <you> just, <laughs> if that yeah. makes any sense. But no one is supposed to kind of do screen printing in there. It's kind of like more for etching Run or like types, for, you know. Yeah. Holographs. Mm -hmm. It got cleaned up nicely. You would not yeah. recognize it anymore. We'll take you afterwards. It's pretty. <laughs> it's just, oh, it just sounds weird that that Printmakers aren't letting printmakers be printmakers. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I was thinking they're, that there, there's a like a little. We're talking about location and spaces. That's so funny. There's a little like um, a washroom right next to that. That I'm like, if they were able to like hook up a hose, like that'd be great for. I don't and know. And what happened to the photography studio? Is that that's super nice now. 
It's is very, it some photography or is it? Yeah. The dark room is fixed still up like room. really mm -hmm. nicely, yeah. yeah. People using it as long as mm -hmm. people are using it. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah as long as people are using it. It's yeah. back to its former glory, I think. Good. Yeah, yeah, things are getting fixed up around here. The metal shop and wood shop are getting fixed up. But it's like it's like always, I think, with each generation of artists coming in here, you know, you know that those rooms have to be fixed up again, yeah, right? Yeah. Or like, and well, always it's a different swing of like, if there's mm -hmm. photographers here, this photography room is going to get set up. If the more screen printing printers are here, then it's going to be screen printing. It's just a matter of like who's here oh, and yeah. what their focus yeah. is. I'm curious, Regina, because you mentioned um, like the need of, um, well, not necessarily need, but how like fabric and like sewing has always been a part of your life. Like yeah. how, how early on? Like when did that first like? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, I'm, I mean, I've known how to crochet since I was born, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just born with a hook like, in my ass. Wearing a, is that a crocheted yeah. shirt, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. I recognize Lovely it. pink. Yay. Is it something you would do with your family? I guess so. My mother taught us. So my mother is the mad knitter. I don't knit because my mother knits so well. <laughs> there's like, like there's no point. There's, in there's a lot of pressure if yeah. mothers knit well. <laughs> and my mother, my sister knits and crochets, and I'm the only one who kind of uh, quilts as much. I mean, my mother has a sewing machine and sews and make clo makes clothes, made clothes for us when we were kids. We have the greatest like crazy 70s and 60s, 80s sweaters, you know, with rainbows and hats that match and everything. So, <laughs> and you, you, did you grow up? You were you were born in New York, right? From New York, yeah. From New York, and yeah. did you grow up? You, mm -hmm. you said you came here when you were 20. Yep. What made you move to Miami? I had a job, and I was 20, and I wasn't very good at school, so I just. <laughs> Like, why not? <laughs> you were like, I'm going to Miami. Yeah. yeah, I had a job and I was ready to go. So, What was your first job? Did you say that? I worked at Utrecht Art Supply for three years in New York and then uh, like six years all together, I think, in Miami. And then I worked at the art store for a little while. Mm -hmm. back and what the way to get supplies is like... Is that where you met... Uh, Regina I met you in undergrad, I think. Yeah, in that one screen printing class. In that one screen printing class. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, yeah, the, the, the way you use materials, like, not like we were doing the regular, like, whatever was, like, curriculum and what was, like, being assigned right. to us. Right, I was us. a student, so no, I was just like, doing yeah. it for fun, so I was more kind of adventurous and, like, and I'm just going to print like, on whatever I, I want. I want to have fun, too, yeah. but I'm going to do what's being asked for me for a grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a grade. But um, I feel like you went from fabrics and you eventually started um, sewing on paper. When did that commence for you? Like the printmaking from printing? I don't know. I, um, I think the printmaking class kind of made me m more, um, I don't know, uh, be able to play with paper mm -hmm. more confidently, I guess. And then sewing it kind of was just part of that, I think, and cutting things up. Like, I don't know, I was just playing around and playing with scrap material. Using things together. Yeah. Um, there's this one piece that I saw. Um, I think it's from an exhibit at the Art Center. It's like these beautiful hexagonal. It looks really clear. Oh, that Maybe was here. Light. Oh, it was here at the Big House? Yeah. I mean, it happened. It was, at the Art um, it was gigantic. It was this whole width of this. No, it was bigger than the space. It was the whole length of the space. Oh, wow. And um, it was all vellum paper with screen prints of moths on them. And paper patterns from my mother and then it was all colored with watercolor and gouache it looked pretty clear because i wanted yeah. to it was like a little bit like miami colored but 
Yeah, like quilts. It was a quilt. And and like it was ambers. crazy. It took so long to do. Do you still have that piece? No, it got <laughs> destroyed very quickly. No. Well, because it was paper and yeah. vellum and stitched, and vellum doesn't so it's so not super well. friendly. Yeah. So I rolled it up, and it lived here for a while. And it was fine, and then when I moved, it kind of what moving does to gigantic pieces that I don't have art handlers to handle. Yeah. Um, so I ended up cutting it up and turning it into another piece. And that piece still exists. It's much smaller. It's like oh, a I'm bunch saying. of little pieces that are, um, I cut it into strips and sewed all the strips together and then made little rolls. So all those little rolls are kind of in, in a closet somewhere. <laughs> They're still in existence. <laughs> they still exist. It um, still exists, but in a different form than it was originally. That's so, so funny. Yeah. Which I actually, quilts are actually are, you know? Yeah. Quilts are kind of remade from other things. and Rehashed and remade. Remade and... Kind of adds a layer to yeah. it, too, yeah. The project I started at the Bakehouse was the patch project, cause, mostly because of Steve um, <laughs> and other people that were here. They would just have, like, holes in their clothes and needed patching, and then I would just fix stuff for people, and it was just... It became a, it became a project. It wasn't, like... It was just something I did, and then it just became like kind of a bigger deal. So the patch project kind of just mending friends' clothes. And do you stuff. still do that? I would if, if people needed something mended, totally. I'm going to come and visit you. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> we will continue this patch project. I have a crazy fabric, so it's great. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think I need a little Mostly I've just been patching my clothes and my husband's clothes, but no one needs anything anymore. But. I remember I grew up with having clothes patched with yeah, like different yeah. colors, and like it was a thing. But not anymore, right? You're saying like, I haven't gotten that? anybody asked. Mm -hmm. I mean, I patch my clothes, but I mean, no one has asked me to patch I mean, my clothes a, lately. A so. Class of how to patch your own clothes. Yeah. No, because if you were talking about an artwork that you remember before I way before I met you, and I think pretty soon after I moved to Miami, I was I discovered the um, flowers that you make. Oh with yeah, yeah, yeah. The wire and the fabric on top yeah, and. Yeah. Um, they were exhibited outside. Yeah, that was from, I did a residency in the studios, studios of Key West. Was that from the Key that West? That was from the Key West Studios. And I went with, I don't know, some other focus. And then just by staying there and then going to the rack shops and having a good time. And <laughs> the garden was a shared space between all the. So there was, um, let's see, there's my house that had one artist. The house next door had two artists, a writer and a painter. And then the house on the other side of the garden had a, another fiber artist. And, you know, we'd see each other once in a while, hang out once in a while, but their opening was is monthly and they had everybody like kind of party in the garden. There was another separate exhibit that was in the garden from another artist. And it was great. So it was kind of like my artwork kind of, I wanted to make something that would have people experience the garden. And Key West is such a transient town. I wanted something... The idea was that to have these people like pick the flowers and like take them with you wherever wherever they ended up in the world. So the artist, uh, one the painter next door, Pepe. Oh, I can't remember his last name. Pepe Mar? No. No, no, no. Different he's, Pepe. He's in Spain. Fabulous, fabulous guy. Um, he ended up taking my flowers to Spain, so that was pretty cool. All of them? No, no, just, just you know, everybody took a couple, so. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Did you exhibit them in Miami as well? I for did the Airy? in Miami in Airy? For Airy? Yeah, Did I you exhibit so. them here, right? I think I did it for Airy. I think, because yeah. I saw it, I think I saw it um, at this Airy, was it a fundraiser or something, where they were in the beautiful garden? Yeah, yeah. But I was new to Miami, so I was completely disoriented. Yeah, I had no in that parrot jungle, I think they were. I think yeah, it yeah. was in the parrot jungle, yeah. And, and I again, people were asked yeah, to take them. Yeah, I took them, them home. Oh, okay. And, and uh, we, 
we had them in in our little garden, you know, yeah. like in in um, Buena Vista for mm. like I think two I think those years. were the paper ones. I made fabric ones originally in mm -hmm. Key West, mm -hmm. and so they just hung out you know, for like years and years in my garden. And yeah, so I, like, totally. Like, exactly. They <laughs> kind of lost the color. They went from like flowery things to mushrooms to yeah. like dead mushrooms. So <laughs> that's what happened. They lost the colors. They faded. Yeah, and then yeah, they were yeah. kind of like. Oh. oh no! I would have kept it inside. No. In a glass jar. No, they're for. No, they left outside. They were outside. hanging with the other flowers. We used them for in my uh, raised bed. We used them as row markers on my raised bed. They were. Mm -hmm. used, they were they were functional art. That's lovely. Functional art. Functional. <laughs> I mean, functional art is beautiful or moving or whatever it is yeah. you want to be. It's kind of cool. How was the airy residency for yes. you? Yes. Oh, fabulous. It was really, really good. Um, I, you know, I, because I was local, I guess I got to have a car. I spoke to so many people that weren't from Miami that didn't have cars out oh, there. No, which I seemed crazy to me because the, the, Such a drive. where you stay and where the parks are is a little bit of a drive. Yeah. But if you're into riding bike, it's really not a problem. Okay. So, um, but it was, it was really fabulous. I went to a different trail every single day and messed around with the, um, I did a couple of rubbings of things. I remember um, seeing those on your Instagram. What, mm -hmm. is, what else was there? Um, there was not the herbarium, but they're like, uh, collections of like shells and, plants and their library and the people, the scientists were there available for you to kind of talk to, hang out with. I brought their, they have like the, the scientists that study the, the reptiles mm -hmm. there. So I got to bring a frozen, um, what the boat, the, the, the boas are the invasive ones, right? Oh, the boa constrictors. Yeah. So the, 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 the really invasive snakes that are yeah. there, they, they catch them and they kill them and they, they save them for, um, you know, DNA and like stuff like that. And stuff. So, so they let me take one home and I was going to defrost it, but I was, the scientists really scared me about how bad it was going to smell. So it kind of just stayed in my freezer the whole time. I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, but it's a great, the place is like probably the size of the studio plus a bathroom, oh, nice. plus a screened in porch. And I just worked on the screened in porch kind of every night, walked around the, the oh, parks so every day. Um, Were there gators out there? I went in November, so okay. it was kind of rainy. It wasn't very many alligators. I think that's like the one thing I, I, I was like, it was like hilarious. It's that big pink building on the very end, and it's just kind of like those maquettes and, you know, still lives of things. It's hilarious. I'm in awe of everyone who does a residency because I would love to be brave enough to do it, but I'm like, you I can scare you me to death with a spider, and it can no, be a very small spider. The apartment is with other apartments. Oh. So if you're going in season, you have tons of neighbors. All the rangers are there. Oh, really? And then oh, you're not that completely no, isolated no, 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 by you're yourself. You're not isolated at all. Mm -hmm. um, I was like half in season, half out of season. So out of season in the summertime, you're kind of more isolated. Mm -hmm. But in season, there's tons of people there. Mm -hmm. yeah. so you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. And there's an opening or a, like a, at the end of the residency. So mm -hmm. you get to see all the rangers and they come in to see all the work that you've been doing. Oh, cool. They, which is kind of, they're super interested in what you're doing. and. Mm -hmm. There's tons of support. Mm -hmm. They love working with the artists and get taken on tours and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a great experience. Cool. Yeah. We interviewed, uh, I think, at least one artist who also did the Air Residency. Jerry, Jenny Larson did it recently. Mm -hmm. uh, we had her um, a while ago. I think she was also talking about the. She did a, a video there, I believe. How do you feel you had to shift your work while you were there? You know, like, did you bring your sewing machine out? Did you bring your... Probably sewing machine out. I have a pickup truck, so I think I just 
Haul it whatever he wants. Just, <laughs> put it in the back. And she has a cool pickup truck because she has a cover yeah. on that, which I don't have yet. Yeah, you need to put yet. that on the list. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Camper all show. the difference. Camper show, totally. Yeah. What's that called? Camper shell. Camper shell. Camper shell. Google. I think mine's a camper because it's a little bit higher. Yours is higher. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And we have a back seat in the back too mm-hmm. that you could. And it's legal because they're seatbelts. So uh, there you go. <laughs> you can throw stuff in the but back. But you're like five-year-olds back there. It's totally fine. Oh, cool. <laughs> you're like family, yeah, nieces, just, just whatever. Back. Get in the back of the truck. Get in the back of the truck. <laughs> Misbehaving. Mm. I, I'm curious because the subject that you have dealt with since I've met you has always been environmental. So I thought the airy thing was like right up your alley. You used to... Um, do lino cuts and prints of like leaves and nature. You mentioned the um, residency in, in Keys. You were making flowers. Yeah, I never um, thought of my work so, as environmental. So I feel like well, yeah, I me neither. Like, I'm like, like very uh, or like or like I feel like even like there was. Um, I'm, I'm jamming. I mean, there's up. a connection to nature, in yes. it, but it's more about like pattern and growth and like structure and nurturing, maybe. Growth I don't know. And I feel like they're like organisms. I don't know why sort of. in my mind. Yeah, yeah like yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the string is like almost like this, these DNA strands that are like outreaching. And there was this one we were discussing, what do we do for the preview? Because there were these two images that we really loved oh, and yeah. that we used. Mm-hmm. And then there were these spherical like um, green ones. And they were like so planetary very, to me. Very tender, like very, not a lot of color. Soft. More like a brownish like background. background. Like like a beigeish background. Be- beige, but they yeah. were like planetary slash mm-hmm. chlorophyll slash it felt like very okay. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I made that. I, awesome. They were like watercolors. So I guess, I guess what I'm asking is like, how do you now decide besides drawing, painting, and then the sewing techniques? Like, how do you pick that? Um, I don't know if I think about it that way. I think I, I think about it as like, oh, I really want to make this thing in my head, and I figure out what is the best way to get to the end point of it you know so um the so I've been painting I guess a lot lately and doing hand embroidery on the paintings and um I've been working on canvas just basically because it's the easiest thing to punch holes through um and it's more friendly than paper I was working on paper and it's so beautiful to paint and stitch on the paper but it's not the most friendly material to keep clean to move mm. to you have to frame everything and then that's fine just expensive so um canvas is a lot more user-friendly and forgiving forgiving mm-hmm. um so i've been just using canvas just mostly for that reason and then i was using panels and that's a lot of fun because you have to like drill the holes first with a dremel and then sew them <laughs> <laughs> but that that yeah that was fun i like using the panels too because then you could do the watercolor on the panels and you get like a similar effect because the paper, paper does but yeah yeah. Always experimenting. I like that you're like testing yeah. new things. I just want to, I just have a, you know, I start with the idea and then figure out how I, how to get there as I guess as the process grows. I want to hear you, Maria. No. Oh, and another question that I had, I, you said at the beginning, you didn't, you didn't really want to go to a school or you didn't really go to, to an art school. Was that more like a conscious decision you went no. to the to the um, I went to a high school for arts in New high York. school for arts mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be like a vocational school mm-hmm. and then I went to FIT for photography in New mm-hmm. York and then it was at the time at the like the cusp it was 96 97 I guess 98 um 
where everything was turning from film to digital. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just the wrong time to be in school for photography. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I really liked the chemicals and the hands-on and messing with the film and being in the dark room. And then that was quickly dissipating and disappearing and became like not cool or passe or whatever it was. And then was, that just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but, and I wasn't sewing at the time. I wasn't doing anything else at the time. And then when I moved to Miami, I think I was homesick. So then I started sewing and doing kind of stuff that yeah, reminded me of home and stuff. And I just kind of... And you never really went back to photography, no. like darkroom photography, or you were like... It, it was too expensive. It was kind of impossible. There was mm -hmm. not a whole lot of access. Um, now it's trendy again, mm -hmm. um, or now people are doing it again. Mm -hmm. um, Kodak is coming back into business from being almost out of business. <laughs> um, it's funny how those things work. Like so, Polaroid was dead, and now it's yeah. like booming again too. Yeah, right? So mm -hmm. it, I think it was just timing. Yeah, just whatever happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's. I, I feel like sometimes it's really also the the location that we are in, and especially also like school. Like for me, school offered so many, um, you know, facilities. Yeah. Like for example, I I was like photography. You had to do darkroom photography. There was no way around. My high school it, you know, was, it was like, like that. We you, you did had that to do school. everything in high school. Mm -hmm. We or I don't know, maybe two different things a year or three. No. Two different things a, a, a term, so four different things a year. We had to like kind of. It was up to us what we wanted to do. We switched out and selected. But we switched out and selected cool. things. So we did a little bit of drawing, a little bit of um, architecture class. I think I did a uh, advertising design class because mm -hmm. it was a vocational school um, in the photography class. And then um, I think if I had like one more year of high school, I would have taken the video course because. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They were making such cool things. It was a really cool school. Yeah. I would have wanted to go to that school. I had yeah. to learn Latin and like whatever. Oh no, our our, <laughs> our Spanish teacher was this uh, Cuban from not Cuban, excuse me, um, was a Jewish woman from Brooklyn, and she just made me smell a lot, and she pointed different parts of her body, and that's just how we learned Spanish. <laughs> And that's it. That was it. I can't remember much of high school. Me dwell a lot. Me dwell a lot. You're like, what is she saying? And now you're in Miami. Do you use that Spanish you learned in high school? Or? I, I mean, I, the only reason I know Cabeza is because of her. So. Me dwell a lot, Cabeza. If, she's, if somebody says that, you're like, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here 20 years, and I don't, I don't really, my accent is terrible. Stop. But I kind of, you know, understand how to get through Miami and order, order food and know when someone's talking dirty about you. That's so funny. How was it culturally, like, coming from a place like New York City, not just, like, the art scene itself, but the people coming to Miami? Um, it was not as friendly here as New York is. I know people think that's crazy when I say that, but it's much friendlier in New York. Um. <laughs> Miami is not a friendly place. No. Not, not on the surface. And I'm, at I'm least. like afraid I've turned into like a like a like Miami and that hates people and stuff. But it's not true because the last three times we went out, we made friends with strangers at the bars. Oh, so that's so great! I'm very proud of myself. There you go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I went back to my own self and talking to strangers. It's fabulous. So. That's really good. Maybe Without scaring them. So. Uh, well, maybe being in a new city is always like kind of sort of. Like, I don't know. Do you think New York City is friendlier than Miami? 
My experience was quite different. Like, I feel like I soaked up so many years of vitamin D that I'm naturally, like, very, like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, and then people normally see that as Because you're from Miami. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I grew up here. I got here when I was three. So mm -hmm. I feel like when people encounter you and you're very nice, niceness often seems, one, it's weak. And then second of all, like, they're like, oh, she's an airhead. And then, some, <laughs> you know, it's like it's not really perceived as somebody of potentially having a, a, like any capacity of intellectual so I don't know I feel like it's it's really bizarre like my experience with New Yorkers wasn't always it was positive with some people and then some people I mean like anywhere you know you're mixed back of beans or what yeah. have you Subway was always like quite the experience move left move left <laughs> I became that towards the end I was like trying to push people out of the way before the doors closed so it's you, know, you start to understand yeah, I'm just like yeah. a New York friendly that's more just kind of open. Mm -hmm. not, not friendly like they want to not be your like bestie, nice, but of course sorry. friendly, mm -hmm. just kind of need to get through the day and it's like not being people. a jerk. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. friendly it's like, why do people ignore you when, they, when you talk to them? And then like when people talk to you, you start ignoring them. You're like, oh God, I'm a New Yorker now. Yeah. <laughs> hey lady, and your dicks don't even look mm -hmm. up. You just keep on looking down and walking your own way or whatever. Just hoping quickly. their pants is still in their pants. Yes, mm -hmm. and hoping they're not like... Flashing you or do something crazy. Have you ever thought about moving back to New York? Was that oh, ever yeah, something? I always thought about it. Yeah, you did? I, yeah. My husband has a career job here, so no, he wouldn't move back to New York, but, or move to New York. But, um, yeah, I mean, I used to think about it all the time. You would you would go back? Yeah. Do you have any family here, or they're all back home? Just my husband's here, so, oh. so everybody's home. Do you travel a lot to visit them? Uh, about twice a year. Okay, that's not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go in the winter anymore. I was about to say, do you miss the snow? <laughs> <laughs> she is totally no. Miami. No, no, I don't go in the winter anymore. You're like, no, thank you. The blood is too thin now. I go to Gay and so for Thanksgiving, and that's cold enough. I'm so. like, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I stop at 40, 30 degrees, and that's where it ends for me. Yeah, I feel like that's something I really like about here is like the weather. I the cute shoes and the scarves and all that stuff. But you can wear that on the one day. It's like forty degrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so funny. And so, is it warmer now for you here in Miami? Not temperature wise, but like people and having yeah. that community. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think after being here twenty years, it's much more. The community, the, the the art community is much easier to deal with now. I guess when I first trying to claim myself as a artists 10 years ago is hard to kind of get in and meet people and but little by little people open up and introduce you to other people and then all of a sudden you realize that the art community here is only about 10 people so. <laughs> oh wait 71 people actually 70, 71 people no it's funny how there's like this it's like a spider web and like people like that know each other like you were referred by one of our artists so it's like there's like it's it's a spider yeah, web yeah it's great I mean I love yeah, Kristen all, so I'm so it. surprised that she yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all in it together I yeah. think when it comes to the end I think here in Miami we're, 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 there's space for everybody Yeah, I think is something that I feel here versus sometimes like when you're in another city it feels like more shut in like you say like that once like you move there and it's like oh there's no space but then you go to residencies you meet individuals yeah. and then it starts to open up yeah when was the point for you that you said like i am an artist i'm gonna get a studio because that's i feel like is a big step right to say like yeah like, I, needed, I'm like, um, I needed the support i needed to not be single mm -hmm. and independent and have to like have a have a job career i needed mm -hmm. to have someone kind of help me focus myself and 
say yes you're worthy and get yourself a studio and oh it's fun whatever and then you could see what happens after you get a studio so I mm -hmm. needed to kind of be more relaxed and not taken so seriously for me to take myself seriously I guess mm -hmm. yeah who was that person for oh, you my husband he was the one who said like do it yeah wow mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, we got married. And I got a studio. It was pretty much happened like that. Wow! <laughs> and he was still in grad school, so he'd lay on the floor here grading papers for his students, and I'd be sewing on my machine. And you're a good team. <laughs> yeah. You're like that's how I knew he was the one. Yeah. <laughs> because he told me to get a studio. Yeah. And he slept on your floor, and he was here, even though it's we like... had an air mattress thing here, and he would grade papers and play on his computer as I sewed and whatever. Yeah. As you get an air mattress for. Lisa, she was sleeping on the floor. I was, I was awake. I was resting my body. Today was the first day back on the job, and so I was just like so exhausted. We haven't had a, um, we still have it. It doesn't really hold air. It's like only a couple inches thick, and it's like partially foam and partially air. And it's a camping air mattress. It's not. Oh, I, I know those. It's yeah. fabulous. Uh huh. And because because when, it when it's it's not really supposed to be in your studio, so every yeah. time that we'd have an opening or something, we'd just gotta hide and sneak behind something or. Yeah, I think that's something you learn about. I feel like the siesta breaks as an artist. You it's not that you want to live in your studio because it's not a live workspace and we're not pretending that it is but it's like you do need your body is sometimes so exhausted yeah, yeah, that you yeah. just need a little three hour two hour little power nap and then boom yeah. you keep on working or but when i saw you lying on the floor today i was i have a yoga mat <laughs> but yoga that's mat. about it don't just make it sound like mm -hmm. you were lying on the floor and i thought oh no i have to get a couch in here i kind of no, i kind of no, need for futons. a couch it'll futons, be very tempting yeah. But now I'm going to get you an air mattress and well, you're going to be go. just fine. Yoga mat's fine. Let's go to stretch out your back on yoga mat. so funny. Okay. Um, uh, what I wanted to ask you is uh, your your job sounded also really interesting. Like, your, do you still have the day job with the yeah. architecture? Uh, it's an art conservation. Firm. Art con art conservation, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. also, is there architecture in that title? Uh, yes, not. there's architecture in that title. Yeah. Yes. So you're conserving <laughs> art and architecture. I work in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I am a part of every single project, but in like a background kind of way. So I help with. Uh, client relations, I guess, a little bit of um, social media and marketing. Um, I help with the, writing the proposals and putting costs together, mm -hmm. getting the materials together, learning about all these materials, getting the part of my whole day today was getting all the, the, the safety data sheets together for oh a trip that we have on a boat in Europe somewhere. And um, because it's on a ship, we need to get all these safety things together. So that was my entire day today. That's so funny. Like, I don't know, 40 different types of glue that we need to get all the, you know, information for. But no, I learned a lot. I get to um, work on the textile things when the textile projects come up. I get to help. Um, we bring a textile conservator down from Louisiana. Or, Fine. Yeah, he's from, no, excuse me, Alabama. Nice. And I get to tech with him and uh, clean rugs and mend uh, textiles and stuff like that. Wow. So. How did you how did you find this job for you? Uh, Lucinda Linderman works there, and mm -hmm. she's now she she was a technician before, which means she just kind of was the labor, and now she's a conservator because she uh, worked for John Henry, um, which is those big spaghetti sculptures mm -hmm. that are brightly colored. She worked for him for a long time, and then was a technician here, and now she's a conservator, and she mainly focuses on painted outdoor sculpture, and mm -hmm. so. So we do painted outdoor sculpture, we do architecture, we do small little things, we do all kinds of anything but paintings. Paintings are another specialty that we don't that we don't do. Mm -hmm. What were some of the more common things that you guys find that you end up conserving? 
uh, in general, bronze sculptures, um, and there people put them outdoors and stuff. And then in Miami and in South Florida, people like to put big, beautiful sculptures next to the water. So they're beautiful in the water, except because it's Miami and humidity and salt water that we need to just do maintenance on them every three to six months or so. So it's just dealing with that, which is fine. It's not. Um, they don't want that lovely like green patina. <laughs> it it's green, funny because right? you get to see all these different people's homes and all these crazy rich people that you you, you kind of realize how the other half exists, you know. Or the the one percent or the ten percent. This is like ten percent, I think. Ten percent. So, I don't think it's well, the one percent, yes, but also the ten percent. So. It's so humorous. I like that. It's beautiful. There's there's these collections that are in. in and there's one or two in Miami that are amazing, and then there's a few in Palm Beach that are Phenomenal. fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So you get to see the properties and their collections and all these stuff that you see at museums, we get to touch. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, in the museum, it's always do not touch, do not yeah, touch. Yeah, we get to no. touch them and love them and wash them and put wax on them and buff them and stuff. Wow. So. And make them beautiful again. Make them beautiful again. Oh, it's okay. I occasionally get to touch a sculpture, so. Okay. Has it changed your, you know, how you think about your own artwork? Or how you... Um, in terms of longevity and archival Yeah. Qualities. But I think I always kind of thought of that because I worked at Utrecht for so long. Mm -hmm. So we always try to sell quality materials and talk about quality materials. And we learned from different vendors would come down and talk to us about materials. So we, I always had a consciousness about quality materials and knew that not to use crap because if you use crap you make crap kind of thing you know? and then, so. or it'll go and it'll waste away really at least it has actually an eye for it i don't at all like i do cardboard like I mean, sculptures and she's just telling me this is there's nothing there's uh at ica um was it ica it was last year or two years ago there's a there's an artist that just you just made these huge installations and landscape things with cardboard and they last for a long time they just need people kind of taking care of them yeah. so it's not even so much not to use use whatever you want I mean totally. other people will take care of it believe me yeah that's what we do that. yeah but that's kind of like what you also said about the paper I don't have that cardboard yeah. sculpture anymore <laughs> yeah, exactly. by the way Lisa <laughs> <laughs> was so right from experience my pieces that are made of cardboard probably most of them don't exist except the ones I take like really good care of yeah because artists usually don't take great care of their artwork. Actually, we learned, uh, I learned a lot about um, taking care of artwork when we were curating the first show yeah. for the first 50, 50 people we interviewed. And there were like really such big differences also how artists deliver the work, you know? Some of them really pack it like beautifully, like professionally, and some of them it's just like how I do it usually, there you go, you know, blob. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, it's Are very different how, how artists handle yeah, and no, I don't know if one's necessarily, but in, I think some people are used to shipping their work, and some people that's are not really used to that dropping off their work. Mm -hmm. So some of the pieces we got, I think, were shipped, and so mm -hmm. that's why they were like Uber. You know, like what I mean, like when they're double cardboarded up and like yeah. wrapped or whatever. I I wanted to know because you mentioned the flowers that were sculptural, but then you started doing these weavings that were really large, and they were hung on walls, and so right crocheting weaving, no. Patchwork? The pa no, not the patchwork. It's like these, these sculptural. Oh, those, they were sewn. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were sewn. They were um, last. Like these coils. Found uh, a fabric shop that would just cut off the ends of bolts. So he gave me like, I don't know, a bucket 
like a bin of just fabric ends and they're just wrapped up. So I have like miles and miles of these fabric ends and I would wrap rope with them and then jam them through the machine. And instead of like making baskets with them, I was just making these abstract kind of like cellular. Oh, that's the cellular place you were talking yes, about. Yes, ah, like sea anemones, like kind of like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a um, <clears throat> an uh, show, a group show in the airport um, with me and Carrie C and Jerry Stecka and who else was there? Was four people I think in that show. And the fourth person. Call <laughs> <laughs> us. Yeah. Let us know who you are. And, um, it was great. Uh, those were really cool. And those are a lot of fun because I still have those. Those fold oh. and fit in a bin and they're fine. That's <laughs> that was, really neat. That was also the good part about working with textiles. It's like fold and they don't get destroyed. And unless you wash them a bunch because the quilt on my bed is kind of getting destroyed. I guess so, you have but. to like re-sew it or rebase it. The the large one that you installed on the wall, um, what are the dimensions on that? I don't think they were very big. I think maybe they were 30 by 40. Okay. That was the biggest one. They seemed really large. Oh, that, oh, there was that big one that was in, um, in, a, build, in a building in an office yes. space. That was really big. That was probably... Um, like eight feet, nine feet? Probably eight. It was, it was probably uh, six or seven feet by nine or ten feet. Wow. Yeah, it's really large. Yeah. For a sculptural piece. Yeah. I mean, fiber sculptural piece. It's yeah. pretty incredible. And but again, they fold. It's fabulous. Especially yeah. in a pickup truck. You just kind of roll it up and throw it in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> that's why I don't stretch my canvases anymore. Yeah. You just roll them up and that's it. What's the time frame on those to like make those? Oh, that one had a deadline. Oh. So that was... You were extra, extra. That, that was like, I would wake up in the morning and sew and then go to work and then come home and then sew and then wake up in the morning and sew and then go to work and then go wow. home and sew. And then, yeah, my husband ate a lot of takeout with that. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I love you. He actually helped he was, he was like, cooking. Why did he was I cooking. ever suggest for getting no, a no, studio? No, I shouldn't yeah. have done it. I ate so much yeah. better before. I think he <laughs> likes the sound of the sewing machine. He likes it. It's soothing. It's like a rhythmic humming. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Because th that is so, I mean, it still involves fiber, but just the the process of it, I think, is a little bit more different than a regular quilt. Because um, of the wrapping of the rope. Not the wrapping, I guess, but with quilts, there's, you have to, it's, it's a different type of prep, I guess. Yeah. With the quilting, you, you kind of cut everything in advance and you kind of plan and everything. And then with these pieces, you there's no planning. It was yeah, just kind of more as you go. It was a little fluid. bit, it was more free form and, mm -hmm. and fluid. A yeah. quilt isn't very, it's calculated. Like yeah. you want your pieces to fit together. <laughs> yeah. Or it makes a strange um, shape. When did you make your first quilt? Um, for the ex-boyfriend, probably about uh, 16 or 17 years ago. Wow. And then I took it with me, and he was very upset. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, he made it. It's so, so much work. And like, I totally yeah, understand. No, it's not yours. Who said it was yours? <laughs> like, I made it. No one said that was yours. <laughs> Inspiration, but I'm the owner. It's hilarious. You also, I don't know if you can say quilted your wedding dress. Oh, I didn't make that. Uh, that my very good friend made that, and she influenced a lot of my work. 
um, she's, she's a fashion designer. She lives in, she just moved back to Louisiana. Mm -hmm. okay. And she does these beautiful New Orleans, she does like more costume design and her costumes are amazing, amazing, amazing. So she made the wedding dress and then I got all the scraps. So I was able to take the scraps and make um, a piece out of it to hang up in my, because the whole idea of like saving your wedding dress in your closet that you're never going to see just seemed weird to me. Not weird, but like, there's got to be a better place to put this and you sell it instead of having your, I had my mother and my father's portrait on my living room and they're divorced, but it doesn't, <laughs> it's like, so I don't want a portrait of myself on my wall. I think that's strange. So it was just putting the wedding dress on the wall to celebrate, you know, the relationship and everything else. So. But it's not the wedding dress itself. No. no. You kept that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the wedding dress is yeah. still in one piece. Because I saw that one. I had you all had, the scraps. You had yeah. your own wedding dress and then your mother's wedding dress? Yeah, she let me cut that up. Well, again, that was in the attic for 25 years. Wow. And she's like, so, yeah, yeah, so you really did cut hers up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your sister did not use it or want it? No. She's like, no. No, everybody's married by then. Yeah. Not for me. She was pregnant when she got married. She couldn't have worn my mother's. My mother's five feet tall, and we were all normal height, so. Oh, it's so cute. She looks super cute. So I wouldn't have for this anyway. So that, and I think she was like 85 pounds, too. Oh, so. no, your mom was just like super content yeah. that you were like, what are you use dress? She's like, take it, take it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, I have in the progress right now. I have my brother's one. Of, he's in the. He was a marine, or once a marine, always a marine. Mm -hmm. um, I have one of his uh, outfits all kind of cut up into pieces and uniform, excuse me, uh, and ready to turn into a piece for him to hang on the wall in his house. Oh, wow, absolutely. That is really um, like for me to to cut like pieces apart I used to do this with my paintings and kind of like cut it into little pieces and so I'm not not really patchwork but you know just so pieces yeah. together and uh, there there's something very transformative for me about that and what you're just kind of with, with your brother as well we did that um at the Pam recently we had a workshop that is called paper piece paper project mm -hmm. where this artist is actually turning old uniforms from the marines for example into paper and then have have them write on it oh, or like nice. really transform them into like oh wow that's really transformative um, yeah into into different objects and I was wondering how how soldiers or especially marines also feel about that like having their my because it's like something see, so you know he saw my mother's piece and he saw my piece and then he saw other pieces that I've done and then he's like here <laughs> really? he was convinced that he was yeah. like Okay, you could have this. It's been years if I had it too. I haven't. It took a while to take scissors to it, mm -hmm. and then once I took scissors to it, I got like just cut the seams open, and I'm trying to just play with it and stuff. So. Do you add anything else, or is it really just? Like I usually that? add a backing material just backing, to keep right? it, uh -huh. um, just a muslin, just mm -hmm. to keep it flat and straight, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and the panel, mm -hmm. and the thread is new. Um, but I don't usually add any other fabric to mm -hmm. it. I think my mother's. I no, that she had tons of fabric. Yeah, no. So, it, did you give it to him? No, yeah, it's still in project, progress. Oh. He, like, visited and he asked about it. I'm like, it's over there in a box. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's cut up. It's not put together back up yet, but it's it's in pieces. So. And it's, it's um, for you, the vision, is it? like a portrait because you said like you were talking about the portraits of your I don't know if it's like a portrait but it's more like a celebration or honoring or, or mm -hmm. taking out of your closet and celebrating it's like a celebration of it, of mm -hmm. it you know of the event and of mm -hmm. the what it represents and mm -hmm. well I wanted to know um, how did you get into that technical high school is it competitive 
Is, was it like uh, like you had your prior like previous like maybe? I'd have a portfolio. portfolio. Yeah, I was gonna say. But I mean, it's eighth grade portfolio. I mean. <laughs> But still, I feel like New York has like all these schools, and you have like these entrance exams. I didn't get into LaGuardia. It's really competitive. <laughs> LaGuardia was the other fancy fan. That was so. LaGuardia is the performing arts and arts high school. It's like the fame got built mm -hmm. um, was off of LaGuardia, mm -hmm. and dancers and theater, and it's an amazing school. And I didn't get in there, but this is the vocational school. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know. At the time, I think that was the only two art schools. There's always Brock Science and Stuyvesant and all those science schools, but there weren't that many art high schools, I don't remember. And what borough were you in? Uh, art and design was in Manhattan. I lived in Queens. Queens. <laughs> I like Queens. I never lived there, but I was like, this is a familial, like, it feels like family. Kind of reminds me of Miami, I feel the most... It yeah. reminds me of my neighborhood now, like, where yeah. I moved in, my, in Coral Way, it's totally mm -hmm. Queens. Yeah. yeah. It's little blocks, and you know, you know the neighbors, and you, mm -hmm. you go, drive really slow on your street so you don't hit the children. <laughs> You drive really fast so you hit the children. <laughs> Either way. Driving is being optional. Yeah. <laughs> I like that story. And were you one of the kiddos that would be out in the summer in New York exploring the city, going to museums, or were you more like indoors? Um, I guess a little bit of the city. and a little, We went to a summer camp in Long Island wow. in the summers that was art. So my sister did dance. Not that she's a dancer now, but my sister did <laughs> dance and I did visual stuff. So I did ceramics and photography and painting and she did dance and dance and, and dance. Stuff. Stuff. Mm -hmm. So you were always into the visual arts. Yeah. Who else in your family potentially was like attracted to that? Or was it just you? Uh, like I said, my mother knits like yeah. a crazy woman. Um, my sister knits and crochets, but I mean, she's, she's in um, the restaurant world. Um... I don't know anybody. The Were they supportive of your, like, becoming an artist? Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted me to have, like, that's the, a career artist. Like, uh, like, you know, that's why I went to vocational schools, I think, is because my family kind of driven me towards a vocation, but mm -hmm. not, a, not a fine art career, but, like, a vocational career. Mm -hmm. So, so job, job, job. Mm -hmm. so. Job, job. <laughs> so funny. Um, the last name Jestro, before we wrap up, because Maria already made the hang where does Jestro come from? Uh, it's my husband's father's name. Oh. Durante is my maiden name. Yeah. Durante is more Italian? It's Italian. Yeah, and then Jestro is from, hails from? California. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I'll take it. It's the truth. <laughs> it's from California. I like it. Maria, All right, the, the very, question. very last question. You've been sitting in a magical rocking chair. It no, grants you three wishes. Three wishes. You have to say them out loud for oh, them wow. to come true. So it's kind of like, you know. Three wishes. Like real wishes or like fantasy wishes? You can wish for anything and everything. As long as you say it out loud, it will come true. That's it. it will come true? It That's will come deal. true. Oh, so be okay. careful. <laughs> I'll become a millionaire and have the million dollars last forever. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That's, that's, that's going to happen. I, like I want to be able to quit my job and just make art, 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 art. I'm mm. right there with you. And I want to be always inspired. <laughs> How about that? And never lose it. And never not be inspired. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's over. 
It's over. It flew by. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much, Regina. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening in again. Uh, I got brand new headphones, by the way. I was listening in too. And we're going to link up um, your website to ours for people to be able to connect. To explore. Thank you. We're going to be back next week, Monday, with session number 72. 72. Bye, guys. Bye.